Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Right now, pressure on the Israeli government is coming from all sides. It's coming from inside Gaza as fighting rages in the south. 24 Israeli soldiers were killed on Monday, including 21 in a single incident. It's the largest loss of life for Israeli troops since the war with Hamas began. Of course, the Palestinian death toll since the war began is levels of magnitude higher. But pressure is also coming from inside Israel. Protesters stormed Israeli parliament earlier this week, demanding more be done to free the hostages. One of them shouted, you will not sit here while our children die there. There has been disagreement within the war cabinet over how to free those hostages and even what the actual goal of the war is. And then there is what might be the biggest question of all. What happens to Gaza and the Palestinian people all over after the war ends? Today, why a rift is growing between U.S. President Joe Biden and Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu over a two-state solution. He's always been against a two-state solution. This is now just coming out into the open, and he's saying it openly. From CNN, this is Tug of War. I'm David Rind. My guest today needs very little introduction. Christiane Amanpour is CNN's chief international anchor, and she has basically set the standard for international war reporting for 40-plus years. She's simply one of the toughest interviewers around. We're speaking on Tuesday afternoon. And so, Christian, the term two-state solution gets thrown around a lot when talking about Israel and the Palestinians. And of course, even before October 7th, that was the case. But for those who do not follow this conflict, you know, super closely, can you explain what we're actually talking about here? Well, the bottom line is to end the Israeli occupation of Palestinian territories and to provide a state for the Palestinians. That has been the general international consensus, plus the Israeli and Palestinian consensus since the Oslo Accords. Oslo is shorthand for the roadmap that is, you know, the only roadmap to a secure future for both Israel and the Palestinians. So the United States basically had its last major engagement trying to get Prime Minister Netanyahu to agree to all the things that the Israeli side needed to do back in 2013. It was during the last years of the the Obama administration. Since 2013, literally the United States has done absolutely nothing about it, allowing Mm. both the Israelis and the Palestinians to let it go off the boil, and frankly, everyone to just let this go off the boil. And then now, of course, since October 7th, they absolutely need an exit plan and a plan for the future that will prevent an endless cycle of violence. The aim is to prevent this kind of terrible slaughter to happen in Israel ever again and to prevent uh, the continued occupation and violence from the Palestinian territories. So the two-state solution has long been like the accepted roadmap to this, but it does not seem like Israel wants to go that way. And now recent comments from 
Benjamin Netanyahu have even sent that even further. Can you kind of decode what he's saying now about the two-state solution? I actually don't need to decode anything. He said it absolutely out loud in a television address that he is the only thing standing between a two-state solution and and something that there would be Israeli presence and Israeli security, and that Israel had the right to all, all the land. And the clashes with the sovereignty idea, I'm telling our American friends, I stopped at a reality which would have hurt the security of Israel. The Prime Minister of Israel should have the ability to say no, even to our greatest friends, so this was, you know, flies obviously in the face of all the international conventions, the UN resolutions, but more to the point, flies in the face of their greatest ally, the United States. Mm. President Biden got up and went to Israel, embraced Netanyahu, embraced Israelis. His poll ratings are very high in Israel, much higher than Netanyahu's. And you can see now that they're, according to all the reporting that's coming out of Israel, both by local reporters and by others, that there seems not to be an established exit plan to this war. And that the only one that the international community has on, on, on record, Netanyahu is rejecting. Why do you think he's saying this? Netanyahu tries to divide the Israeli society on the same old campaign. Who is for or against the Palestinian state? He's also saying that the PA, the Palestinian Authority, is like Hamas. They are all the same. So we shouldn't. I spoke to former Foreign Minister Zippy Livni, who has been in opposition to him, but also in coalition with him once. She said Netanyahu tries to divide Israeli society on the same old campaign who is for or against the Palestinian state. So she said this has got to end. Uh, but uh, the fact that we have more than 100 uh, hostages uh, that were taken uh, and uh, the statements of uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu about the day after or his unwillingness uh, to deal with the uh, different plans that are on the table, including by the United States, create now uh, the division again amongst the Israeli society. And she, like many Israelis, are very upset that, uh, you know, the prime minister came out and essentially dissed Israel's greatest ally. It looks like uh, the American president is doing the right thing without taking care of his own internal politics while the Israeli prime minister is just thinking about his own politics without taking care of, of Israel's security needs as he should. And therefore, yeah, I was going to say, of- is that the reason for this, you know, kind of abrupt about face coming out and just saying it is the internal politics, his political situation? He's always been against a two-state solution. This is now just coming out into the open, and he's saying it openly. Mm. But he's always, always been against it, and he's always, you know, sort of said one thing to his international partners and another thing to his domestic audience. You know he has both English and Hebrew Twitter, and he says very, very different things on on each one. So Mm. the, the thing is, right now, the war is not going as the Israelis laid out in the beginning, and notably Netanyahu laid out, they, by their own account, believe that while they may have killed maybe around 9,000 Hamas militants, that leaves about 70% of Hamas uh, militants in place. Wow. The military 
offensive since October 7th has not brought back any hostages. Just one soldier was released by force, so to speak. But all the others in the last go-round in November were released through mediated negotiations Mm. and a pause. And in exchange, remember, it wasn't just Israeli hostages who were released. It was an exchange. And now this issue of the hostages is becoming out in the open the most important issue for the Israeli people. And you hear members of the war cabinet, of Netanyahu's own war cabinet, saying that really he has to tell the people the truth, that you cannot, as we've seen, he said, over the last three months, more than 100 days, have these dueling aims, i.e. destroying Hamas and trying to rescue the hostages. The Mm. two cannot happen together. Pressure is mounting on Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to strike a deal with Hamas to free the remaining hostages in Gaza. Families and friends of the hostages held a rally near Mr Netanyahu's home in Jerusalem on Sunday, again calling for their release. The polls are very, very clear. The Israeli people have absolutely uh, lost all trust in him. The fact that he used to brand himself as Mr. Security, and yet on his watch, this terrible thing happened, has ended that sort of trust. And in fact, again, Gaddy Eisenkot, who is a member of the Israeli cabinet, he's a former chief of staff of the army, he's very well regarded. He said, we need within a few months to return to the Israeli voter and go to elections in order to renew trust because Mm. at the moment there's no trust. So the big story in Israel is the fact that there is now open dissent within Netanyahu's own political environment within the war cabinet because of the way the war is going. More with Christiane in just a bit. This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. Only Sleep Number smart beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support. Your Sleep Number setting. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to Tug of War. I'm speaking with CNN's Christiane Amanpour. So President Biden was asked about these comments from Netanyahu about the two-state solution, and Biden said this, and I thought this was interesting. He says, there are a number of two-state solutions, like What does he mean by that? And 
like what are some of the possibilities here when we talk about this idea that's been so hard to achieve over the decades? I mean, to be honest with you, I have no no idea. <laughs> I, I've been covering this, you know, since uh, since the very first conference that was that came out of the first Gulf War, the Madrid conference, and that was the first time Palestinians and Israelis came together, mediated by the United States and other internationals, and then that led on to Oslo. Uh, where the PLO, the current Palestinian Authority, recognized Israel, recognized and works with Israel to this day. They keep, they still work on the West Bank, the occupied West Bank, on security with Israel. So, you know, the two-state solution is something that was envisioned as the end game, so that both peoples could live in security, independence, freedom, and most of all, or equally, security for everyone. Mm. And the Palestinians want nothing more than to end the occupation. The Israelis want nothing more to live in security and, and, and peace. And so this is this is the roadmap. Now, then some people talk about, you know, tweaking bits around the edge. But the bottom line is most of the experts now are saying that you cannot afford to put the hard questions for the end. In other words, what are, you know, the final parameters? How do you actually get to a Palestinian state? Clearly, there'll have to be a transitional moment. Maybe that's what Biden was talking about. There has to be a, a reform, a rejuvenation of the Palestinian Authority. There absolutely has to be a different Israeli leadership. And then obviously Hamas has to be removed from any military capability at all inside Gaza. Uh, although there is still thought by people like Tom Friedman and others, many of the analysts who say, you know, so the idea that a somehow a Hamas style political idea will not be part of a of a Palestinian you know broader politics is is difficult to imagine because they are an idea they're not just an army but the idea is to try to get a Palestinian body politic also elections amongst the Palestinian people don't forget they haven't had elections since 2006 right. and there needs to be buy-in from Saudi Arabia, the UAE, all the Arab neighbors, Egypt, you know, Jordan, as well as most importantly, the United States, which still holds the biggest convening power. Mm, it's extremely complicated. Yes and no. Yes and no. I think, you know, people have talked themselves out of this because they've wanted to say it's mm. extremely complicated. It's a matter of leadership. It's a matter of, uh, you know, absolutely understanding, you know what the map is, the roadmap exists. Today, the landscape changes and the chasm narrows. The agreement that now will be signed means that Israel's mothers and fathers need no longer worry that their sons will face the dangers of patrolling Nablus or confronting the hostile streets of Ramallah. President Clinton and others who were there and who hammered out Oslo and then the Clinton parameters, they also say, but for a few tweaks, this is the roadmap to, to peace and security. One of the enduring complications, apart from Hamas and the terrible, you know, mi military operation and the savagery of what happened inside inside Israel, especially, of course, against women and children. I mean, it's just, you can't even put words to it. It's so awful. Yeah. But that plus the more than 25,000 killed in Gaza is now increasingly concentrating the minds of, of people outside. That plus the fact that, look, you know, there is a very, very real worry that this much feared extended regional war 
may happen. Look at all the missiles and and airstrikes and drone strikes that are just flying around the region at alarming rate between right. just about every constituency. It's really very, very scary, this. And one miscalculation could make it even worse than it is right now. And when we hear voices from Israel's far right calling for resettlement of Palestinians outside of Gaza, like these really extreme ideas, how does that work into this picture? Yeah, well, you know, David, this is an important question because from the very beginning, we have to remember that Benjamin Netanyahu went into a coalition with the most extreme nationalist religious Israelis in the most far-right extremist government in Israeli history. He kept saying, I have my hands on the wheel. Mm. But apparently... It seems that, according to Israeli analysts and others, that actually the right wing is trying to drive this whole operation in terms of the counteroffensive and what happens next. So you'll remember correctly the blanket statements that there are no non-combatants in Gaza, as if every woman and child was a militant. I mean, half of them weren't even born when Hamas uh, was voted in. That Gaza should be, you know, made into a tent city, that we should obliterate everything, all those extreme comments, including we should you know, invite them, I'm being polite, to leave and we will again occupy Gaza and obviously the West Bank. This was immediately rejected in a very clear manner by the two Arab nations that have made peace with Israel, Egypt and Jordan, because the right wing were trying to say, send them to, you know, Jordan, send them out to the Sinai in Egypt. You take them. And and they said, absolutely not. And then the Europeans and the United States said, absolutely not. Forcible transfer of Palestinian society, A, is against international law, and B, this is a non-starter. So some members of the far right may still have that as an aim, but that is not getting any traction with any of Israel's allies. Christian, thanks very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Tug of War is a production of CNN Audio. This episode was produced by Taylor Galgano and me, David Rind. Our senior producer is Haley Thomas. Dan DeZula is our technical director. And Steve Lichtai is the executive producer of CNN Audio. We get support from Alex Manasseri, Robert Mathers, John Dionora, Lenny Steinhardt, Jameis Andres, Nicole Pesaru, and Lisa Namorow. Special thanks to Ben Kirby, Caroline Patterson, and Katie Hinman. We'll be back on Friday. We'll talk to you then. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii.